Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Hello, welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast. I am Chad Harris. I'm excited to have you for this episode. I have a great guest, Terry Judge from Core Advisors in Detroit, Michigan, and he's talking about some of the amazing tax benefits that are available through multifamily investing. If you would like an assessment, a free assessment of your multifamily deal or commercial deal, feel free to email me, chad at truewealthinvestors.com or you can message me on Facebook and I'll send you the link so you can get your free assessment. Enjoy. All right, welcome everybody. I am uh, glad to have you here. On the True Wealth Investors Podcast, I am Chad Harris, your host. And today we have a great guest, Terry Judge from Core Advisors. And he is not only a real estate investor, but a great consultant, has a lot of insight into really the benefits for property taxes, tax codes, a whole lot of things. And that's his specialty, not mine. So I'll let him tell you all the different things that he does. But uh, welcome, Terry. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Chad. Look forward to uh, sharing with your listeners. And I'm going to try to make uh, the, the tax conversation a little bit more sexy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I even wore the pink shirt today just to spruce it up. <laughs> it's working. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sounds Thank you. good. Thank you. So give us a little context uh, first, what's your background? What what exactly? Uh, how long's your business been been going? What do you do? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, a serial entrepreneur, I would say first and foremost, started a couple different companies before I founded Core. I was in the uh, energy efficiency b- business, you know, back in the early two thousands, and then started my started Core uh, Core Advisors back in, in two thousand six. So we're going on, it'll be 15 years, hence the, uh, the white hair now, uh, January. So it's, it's crazy. And we've really dedicated our practice around helping real estate investors pay very little or zero taxes through depreciation, advanced depreciation methods, which is uh, known as intimately called cost segregation or engineering-based cost segregation. And so some of that it's been in the code for since the late '60s, so over time, and really over the last probably you know five years, um, it just keeps getting enhanced. You know, the IRS, and uh, depending upon you know what side of the fence, Democrat, Republican, even it, it, it's been enhanced in either party who's held the you know the White House. So it's been the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we, I like to do a lot of educating, you know, customers, clients, people that uh, you know maybe are not utilizing it to the fullest. Maybe they don't, you know, some of the new listeners um, are, maybe they're buying their first building and they need to add this into their uh, tax planning. So we've expanded nationally. We, we, we do other things for commercial real estate investors, such as property tax uh, mitigation. So once that building goes into service, it's a good time to review, you know, your property taxes and see if that can be um, reduced. And we also do some, some energy efficiency tax incentives uh, called 179D and 45L. One is a deduction and one is a credit 
uh, for rehabs and uh, renovations and new construction. So those are some of the other things that we can, uh, you know, kind of help our, our clients, you know, maximize. And not a lot of people know, you know, how to, how to really, you know, CPAs don't do this type of work. They totally understand depreciation, but they don't, they don't really do this type of work in-house. So they would outsource it to a company like Core. Okay, sure. So a couple of uh, quick questions. One, what's the difference for an investor between a deduction or a credit? Why, do, ah. why does that matter? So a credit is a, is a dollar for dollar tax credit. Um, it makes a bigger impact on your, so you take all your, you can still take all your depreciation and then a credit will even take it down even further. So, uh, and you can, you know, sometimes you, there's depreciation, sometimes you're, you're getting tax credits, but it, it, the credit is what it just, at the end of the day, it's whatever your bottom line is. And then you can, you take that credit and it reduces it a dollar for a dollar. A deduction is just like, you know, your, your, you take all your expense expenses, your line items, like your phone, your internet, you know, you're writing off maybe gasoline for your, for your car, your wireless phone, all that stuff is a deduction and it comes off of the top. And then you get whatever you're, after that, then you, hit, you get hit with whatever your taxable income uh, rate would be. So hopefully that, so yeah. a credit is better. The depreciation or deduction is awesome, but even a, you can get a tax credit somewhere. It's even, even, it's even bigger. It's a bigger impact to the bottom line. Sure. And then I talked recently on an episode about tax benefits and depreciation. Um, but I really want to go into cost segregation and exactly what that process is, why it's so beneficial, uh, really what the impact is for the investor. So, yeah, sure. So, so, you know, it's kind of a funky name, number one, and it's, it's been around for a long time, but it actually, so it was in the code since the late 60s. It went away in, in uh, the tax reform in 86, and then it came back in the early 90s, but nobody really was promoting it. The IRS does a horrible job at, you know, they're not sending out flyers about this new tax loophole for the wealthy. To, to no. their, but, but, they, but I tell you, the, you know, then on the other token, they, they love and stimulating, you know, the real estate market and and the tax code is really designed for real estate investors. There's no other uh, industry or no other way to reduce your, you know, kind of mitigate your income and have all the the wonderful benefits of of real estate investing. And then when you add cost segregation into the mix, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just amazing. So let me, Chad, if you don't mind, I, I want to break down for the listeners, like, just, I'm going to give you a real two minute, maybe even less of what cost segregation is for the newbies Great. coming in. Sounds you know, good. yeah. So there's, I like to say that in the tax code, there's two pathways to depreciation. You know, one is called the straight line method, which is just about every CPA across the country will use the straight line method. And if you and I bought a building for a million dollars, that building and everything inside of it is going to depreciate over 27 and a half years. Okay. So cost segregation is a, the second pathway that the IRS allows where you can break down different components inside the building and then write them off over a much shorter period of time, like five years. And what I mean by that is so all of your, like not all of it, but portions of the plumbing, your irrigation, your wiring, your electrical um, fixtures, carpeting, non-load bearing walls, drop ceilings, 
drainage systems, swimming pools, curbs, outdoor lighting, electrical. Uh, think about all that. Your parking lots, you know, big, big ticket items that make up a big, big portion of your cost basis in that building can now be written off over a five-year period and land improvements depreciate over a 15-year period as opposed to waiting 27 and a half years. So my question is always like, you know, why would you let the IRS hold on to your money for 27 and a half years when you can get that money in today's dollars um, and taking advantage of time value of money? So a dollar today is worth much more than a dollar down the road. And with where our economy is and the way we're printing money, um, is there going to be a correction, you know, at some point? I mean, there's got to be a correction. So taking that money in today's dollars and using it to build your empire is very, very smart. And cost segregation is really the only method um, to actually do that legally. We, we're just moving components out from what we call real property, and we're putting it into personal property under Section 1250 uh, uh, in, 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 and doing that at a federal level. So it's not the same as your property tax type stuff locally you know, at the county level. So uh, it's at a federal level and it's not considered aggressive either. That's what's beautiful about this. So yeah, usually when, when you do a remodel or when you make a, a uh, capital improvement on the house, you assess what that improvement was and how long you would depreciate it. So you're doing a similar process. It's just at the time of purchase, all of the things inside of the bill inside of the building is that essentially uh, what you're doing and assessing yeah, so, how long it'll be depreciated? Exactly. Yep. The IRS has all these, there's been over 300 IRS revenue rulings and memorandums that have come out that dictate what can be moved from real property into personal property. And then, so we take a look at the interior, which is normally a five-year, you know, five-year assets inside the building. And that's all of like your interior build outs and improvements type stuff. Um, and then you got your land improvements outside, which we mentioned some of those components, and those are under a 15 year um, breakout. And now with we, what was called bonus depreciation, this was a little gift uh, that passed. There's another little bonus that the IRS gave us just recently. Actually, September 27th of 2017, the IRS introduced bonus depreciation. People are like, what the heck is bonus depreciation? I mean, I always, I mean, cost segregation was already phenomenal. And I'm reading this when it first came out, I'm like, no way. So they're basically now, if you buy a building, okay, same scenario, you and I buy a building and we buy it at, we buy it after September 27th, 2017, it now qualifies. So instead of waiting 15 years for land improvements to be written off, and all your interior improvements be written off over a five-year period, it now can be written off in year one. And that becomes very substantial to, especially like a lot of the guys that are by jumping into syndications and they're looking for depreciation. So even, you know, you put in an investment, let's say of a hundred grand or, or you and I buy a building and our down payment was like two, 250 grand. We're, our write-offs in year one are going to be around just on a million dollar building about 250 to 300 grand now. So you're literally writing off your down payment, so to speak. Wow. And, and it, yeah, I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, it, it, so it's very, very significant and that will phase out. We have till 2023 
uh, to utilize that. It, it phases out. It phases out uh, right now in the Trump code, Trump tax code. You know, over time. So we'll hopefully that'll remain in the tax code. Um, but, that, but it's very significant. Well, that's sure. I mean, I love it. <clears throat> um, for somebody who doesn't quite, you know, they understand it maybe conceptually. What does, you know, what would be a, in reality, breakdown if somebody bought a half million dollar building and instead of doing straight line depreciation, they do the cost segregation and front load that depreciation or even the bonus depreciation. What What's the actual impact for that investor or buyer? Well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I just, we just finished up, I don't have it, I didn't print it out, but we just finished up, uh, we're doing a, a, one of our clients bought a, a building. It was for 500 and, well, we, we, so let me back up here. So we do back out land. So if we bought a building for, let's say, you know, let's just call it 500 grand, we're going to back out 80% or about 85% um, for real estate and about 15% to, to land. Okay. So this gentleman, after, after we removed the land, his basis was $557,000. And his first year net, net, not, not the depreciation, but after tax. Okay. And we're using about a 40% between state and federal. Uh, so in his pocket, that he will not have to pay Uncle Sam was uh, seventy eight, almost eighty thousand. It was like seventy eight thousand eight hundred and fifty two dollars. I was just looking at this this morning, so it's fresh in my brain. And uh, and before, which was interesting, Chad, we never would touch. We wouldn't do a deal if it was under a million because economically it just didn't make sense. So the basis of the building minus land, we were always targeting about a million dollars and above. But with some of the new tax changes that took place. Um, it's now we're now doing cost seg studies for for clients with a with five hundred thousand dollars, and the reason why it makes more sense on the lower end properties is because we're able to move that the land improvements that used to be a fifteen year lifespan asset we now can crush it into one year. So even buildings that you know maybe they're sitting on an acre, and they've got a half acre developed with parking lots and curbs, and just, you know that money obviously is is made makes a part of the cost. So we now can, it, it, that, that first year tax benefit is now substantial, even on the smaller buildings. Yeah, And that's been a real game changer across the country for people that are getting into their first duplex or fourplex or small multifamily, or, you know, we do a lot of office and commercial and uh, senior living in hotels and uh, storage facilities, all that stuff are, are great for, cost seg we just have a main emphasis for multifamily. you know that's really uh, been sure. great that's a huge impact i mean eighty thousand. yeah no tax yeah who wouldn't like it, that right <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it is it does it is uh does make a big difference so even for guys that are investing in deals you know they get that depreciation deduction on their k1s and it you know let's say they put in 50 grand or whether k1 could show you know, they get, they could show a negative on their, even though they've made money on the dividend or on the, you know, the, their, uh, you know, their preferred return, um, they could get a, it could be a negative on their, on their K1. 
So that's so just a beautiful thing. If they get a negative on a uh, loss, essentially on their K-1, and loss. they are a high earner wage-wise, wage does that uh, shelter some of the taxes they would pay on their W-2 income? So the only way you can offset your W-2 income is if you're a uh, active investor versus a passive investor. So if you're an active investor, then you can use the depreciation um, to offset your W-2 wages, which is, okay. you know, obviously that can be, that can be great. That can be huge. Um, but yeah, so that's, there's a little bit, you know, get with your CPA. Uh, but that's, that's, you can make that work. You just have to, there's X amount of hours, X amount of things you have to be doing that we, you know, you would document to be considered that active investor, but that's the next step. And then you can use it to offset. You can even offset, you can take cost segregation on one building and you can apply it to another building that maybe didn't generate enough depreciation or what have you. Um, that's a, that's another tool as well as, you know, you could, if somebody decides, well, you know what, I don't want to do a 1031 exchange, but I've got all this tax liability from the company that I exited. They can take the depreciation, especially now with bonus appreciation, you get so much of it in year one, you can use that and apply it off to offset other income from other avenues. And that can make a real impact when you are, you don't want to be in that time window with a 1031 exchange where you're kind of forced to probably overpay for the next property because maybe you just didn't have enough time for the due diligence and you had to move that capital gain ish situation or event into the next into the next building. So this can become a very powerful tool when used uh, correctly. Yeah, sure. So I know, you know, in the current political landscape, taxes are a big issue, right? And uh, with one side claiming that Trump didn't pay any income taxes. So, or very little anyway. So is this probably a large part of his not owing income taxes or what do you think? Oh, 100%. I mean, most people that ride him, I mean, whether, you know, why he doesn't release it, releases it, whatever, it's under audit, you know, that's, that's Trump. But, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, the guy owns a lot of property and he uses a lot of depreciation and he loves cost segregation. And that's why he pays very little in taxes because he's got smart attorneys, smart CPAs. Um, he's probably got a, you know, cost seg firm. I would love to have that business, but, uh, and that's why he pays little that, you know, but sort of all these other companies that have real estate and, you know, all these big billion dollar companies, they show very little in income taxes as well, but they're just leveraging the tax code until the law gets changed and hopefully it doesn't, you know, it is what it is. Right. So, he, but, he's yeah. the one in the public, in the public eye and being criticized. He's not the only one taking advantage of these tax benefits, obviously. He, he is. There's a lot of wealthy Democrats that own a lot of real estate and they love paying very little taxes. They just won't admit it on TV and, and <laughs> you know, they want to they want to blame Trump and all that stuff, but it you know, it is what it is. And so yeah. we, we just hope it remains in the tax code no matter who takes office. So and I think it's huge 
you know, I doubt the IRS gets many letters from people complaining that they don't have to pay taxes because of depreciation. So I think, you know, depreciation is a huge tax benefit to investors um, in that it's shown as an expense, but it's not an actual expense. So we are able as investors to earn profits, but not have to pay tax on those profits. Right? Correct. And in my opinion, the tax code is essentially what the government wants us to do. And so if they want us to invest in real estate, they will provide a reward for us. It's 100%. Not, yeah. So if we are unhappy with the tax code, it means that we're just not quite doing what the government wants us to do. We just need to change our behavior and start investing the way that the government wants us to invest or start businesses uh, the way the, the government prefers. And then we will receive those benefits. Essentially, we will be rewarded for doing uh, what we what uh, they want us to do in the marketplace, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because the, um, the amount of people filing to start new LLCs is through the roof because of COVID, probably because of what's going on. But, but, I, but I think there's just been a major, you know, wake-up call for people to start a secondary income stream, start buying single-family homes, and, you know, then move into, I mean, this community that you and I belong to is freaking phenomenal and all the free information and all the podcasts we get to listen in on with guys that own two and three and 4,000 units. And we can just learn literally for free. If we just pay attention, I mean, why wouldn't somebody just, even if they're doing one or two, you know, small deals a year and just start a, an LLC and just to take some of the basic write-offs in your home, start there and then move up and really start to leverage um, like we're talking about here, it's just a, and it, and like you, you nailed it, Chad. I mean, the IRS incentivizes where they want things to be promoted. You know, when I mean, we, I've been doing tax specialty tax services for 15 years, and from you know time to time, they will do these energy promotions, and things go crazy, and we're doing a ton of work under this, what's called 179D, um, which is an energy program for any, any investor, building owner, putting green energy efficiency in their buildings. And then that went away and it kind of died down, right? And then it came back and then it went away and then, you know, solar explodes and LED lighting goes crazy. And then with the, some of the incentives go away and it kind of dries up a little bit. And then we're running over here. And so, you know, you're right. It's just where the, and the IRS has always promoted real estate investing. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just in black and white, man. Even though it's a little complicated, you got to learn There's a lot of things to, to learn, but um, just got to just put it in the game plan and go for it. Yeah. What's your, you know, I'm interested in what your take is. We have, we are in the election season. We have a Big we debate. are no. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe. I, you know, I, I've what? seen a commercial or two. <laughs> <laughs> we have a yeah. another glorious debate coming up uh, later this week. Um, yeah. What do you What do you think with will happen after the election? What impact will there be depending on who wins? What's your personal stance? 
Yeah. You know, not getting too deep into the weeds on this show, but I, you know, I think if Biden wins, you know, the real estate market could be in a little bit of a, a little bit in trouble just because, well, multiple, multiple things, but, but, but he's already said, and it's, it's on his website. It's already in writing um, that he would eliminate the 1031 exchange program. You know, whether that's true or false, whether the Republicans hold the Senate, you know, worst case scenario, and they can't get that through. However, he's already said he wants to close the, you know, the loopholes for the wealthy and depreciation is also something that he's already talked about removing and eliminating. So who knows? Like I said, there's a lot of wealthy Democrats that own, you know, a lot of property as well. And uh, we'll see how that goes. If obviously, and then, you know, and then if, if Biden gets in, there's going to be a lot of green incentive. You'll see the green credits everywhere. You'll see to, to go green and put solar panels on your home and on your building. And that, that will become a rocket ship uh, opportunity. Mm. So you can, you'll be able to save money on, you know, energy efficiency. That, that'll be the, a big push. You know, if Trump wins or remains in office, the tax code, I think, will only become, you know, I think you'll probably increase it even more in terms of more tax cuts for the middle class. Cost segregation will, will remain intact. Um, everything, the economy will keep rolling. You know, I think interest rates are going to remain very, very low for the next few years. So that's going to be good for lending. Um, just a little concern on just kind of what we do for a living, you know, in terms of cost segregation, specialty tax and engineering type services. If Biden gets in, could be a little, could be a little sketchy. But we shall see, man. 20 we some days. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of unknowns uh, there, but should be interesting. Yeah, yeah for so. sure. There's always going to be a way. There's always going to be, we just have to, you know, we, like we're all, we're, all, we're, we're all entrepreneurs. We, we shift, we adapt, we modify, you know, we'll see. But I well, think real estate will always remain a solid play and, and yeah, we'll just got to maneuver through it. We'll, we'll be a solid play for sure. And I like your point that during COVID, the number of LLCs opening and businesses starting jumped. That there were more yeah, people starting businesses. And I think so many people can see COVID as, you know, a real hindrance. That suddenly there's this unknown and there's a change and they're not sure what to do. But as entrepreneurs, any change is an opportunity. So... You know, we're going to have to just, we can, we have our vote and we have our say, but at the end of the day, the climate will change for what it becomes and we have to adjust. And we, with that change, there will be opportunity. We can build the business we want and find advancement and profits in whatever that climate becomes, I believe. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting too, just like, I mean, I'm watching a lot of my, and I talk to my clients, my multifamily clients you know, all the time. And I'm asking them, you know, how's, you know, how's rent? Are you collecting your rent? Are people paying? And, you know, across the board, they really haven't missed a beat. I mean, they're, they're in communication with their tenants. They're giving them incentives to, to stay. If they've had some hardships. Um, it's been an interesting and I mean, eye opening thing to watch in terms of the asset class of multifamily and how solid it is. So I think it's even, I, you know, then I talked to my clients, are you, are you, are you getting COVID concessions on deals and, you know, are, are, are prices going down on deals that you were courting like six months ago? And the answer is no, 
prices are not going down. They're probably even going up because more and more people are getting into the space because they're realizing, wow, you know, this, this asset class performs well under uncertainty. So that's been really cool to see on how solid, you know, the multifamily investing um, in, and single family too, for that matter. I mean, people need a place to live. So that's never going to go away. Yeah, completely. It, it has been interesting for all the the fear and uncertainty when COVID first uh, came and there were all the regulations and stay at home and closing businesses. Right. Really. Yeah. There hasn't been a struggle from renters really Um, unable to pay rent. There hasn't been a drop in prices. Uh, Real estate is a good solid investment. There's not near the fluctuate fluctuation that you have in other investments. Yeah. I think I think because obviously there's been a lot of bailout type money that, that has been poured into the economy. You know, we'll see. It looks like a lot of people are getting back to work. I think you're going to have a percentage of people that are going to struggle with their rents, you know, as time goes on, if this COVID thing keeps lingering, you know, this economy needs to open up. I mean, I'm here in Michigan. So you, you've been hearing about mm. our governor yeah. and, and Trump, Trump's been going all, you know, after and then he sued and they, you know, they, they, they actually, she was forced to open up, start opening up some of our state because she's like running it as like a freaking prison here and it's hurting, you know, it's hurting more businesses. So I, I, you know, I personally just think people need to take responsibility with how they live their lives, do the sanitizing, wear the mask. And, you know, you, I think these states got to open up. People got to work. Kids got to get back to school. Um, all that yep. good stuff. So we'll see how we'll, we'll see what we'll see where COVID is after the election. That's right. You know, lots going to change. So, all right, Terry. Well, I appreciate your insights and appreciate you coming on today. I'm really excited about. You know, I'm sure a lot of listeners of the cost segregation and the benefits of it, and really how it can impact their investment. It's probably going to be new to them and eye opening to them. So. If they want to uh, find out more about you or core advisors, what you do, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, Terry judge at coreadvisors.net is my email. Terry judge, J U D G E at coreadvisors.net. You can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, my Facebook account has been completely hacked and stolen and Facebook will still not, let me back in. It's been crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, I just had a major identity situ- identity theft situation last couple of weeks, um, but got everything fixed except that. And it's, I, it's been nuts. So anyway, I'm not happy about it. It's, can't even interact with Facebook. It's been um, been a terrible experience for someone that's been hacked. Yeah, I've got 30, almost 4,000, you know, connections and all my stuff on there. It's crazy. So yeah, that's another that is crazy. We'll do a, yeah, yeah, things I've learned with this whole identity theft, man. It's nuts. Um, so, yeah, Terry Judge at coreadvisors.net. Feel free to reach out. And then um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Just message me. We do a free analysis. So if you have a building, you have a situation, even, you know, you're, you've been thinking about maybe selling it or holding it. And you want any, you know, we, we'll, we'll kind of help hold your hand uh, in, in put together a no cost benefit analysis for you 
and show you kind of in black and white, you know, how this could benefit you. There's, there's, a, there's only a couple of reasons why you wouldn't want, you would not want to do a cost seg study. Um, one is if you're going to just, you're, you're about to sell the building. And two, you know, the building is just not producing any profits. And uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's vacant or you haven't finished your renovations yet. But other than that, get a cost seg done or at least look into getting a cost seg, whether it's our firm or somebody else's firm, um, definitely will definitely put some more cash flow into your world. No question. All right. So appreciate awesome. it, man. Yeah. Enjoy catching up with you and talking and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Terry. My, my pleasure, man. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.